Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Each and every day here on the program, we welcome Chris Harrington to the show. Let's fire it up. Now, it's Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphian on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more. Presented by the Majestic Grill. Rediscover downtown dining. Chris Harrington on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. Chris, what are we listening to? That is uh, Color Be Impressed by Minneapolis's own The Replacements from their 1983 album Hoot Nanny. That's going out to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who I believe bring the best record in the NBA to town tonight. Yeah, I, that was true as of yesterday. Uh, I'll be honest, I, I didn't right. check today, so I don't know if that... I would, well, pre- yeah, yeah, I would presume that still held up, what, right? What, what, Yesterday was only the season tournament game, so I yeah. don't think that changed. So, yeah. so I suspect that that is indeed the case. Do we have any idea? Like, you know, I mean, obviously with Anthony Edwards' comments about the crowd the last time, like I was starting to wonder how much of the scene on Wednesday in Detroit was the result of you know it's these games that are just announced, kind of you know right whatever two weeks ago or maybe a week and a half ago. Do we have any idea how that impacts tonight? I don't. I think it's, it's a good question. I, 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 you know, if you have season tickets, you know, even though this was not on the schedule, it, you still you have to take it to the game. Yeah. But you couldn't really have planned for it. You know, if you have other stuff going on, this is the, you know, the time of Christmas parties and various other activities. Um, but in terms of like your 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 walk up crowd, your um, you know single single game yeah. purchase crowd, I would think the late the late um, addition to the schedule is probably not helpful in that regard. I think the other fundamental question that I have, I think your eyes tell you that the Grizzlies are playing better, but in the back of my mind, I just wonder how much of it is the Grizzlies are playing better versus the level of competition. Is that a fair question? It's a totally fair question, and in fact, the the level of competition is probably at least slightly more important to the the record. I, I mean, I do think the play has improved. I think those two things have gone together, um, you know, and I think that maybe they've helped, they've helped each other go together. I think the team, the team sort of made a decision ahead of the Utah game, it seemed to like, let's, you know, take a breath and like refocus and like, you know, tr- tr- try to, you know, redouble our efforts or whatever. And I think, I think you could have that attitude and then if you go into like, you know, playing Boston and get smacked around or playing Denver or playing somebody really good, and that then, then you, that that new energy could 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 be in danger of dissipating. So I think you know they get they had an all hands on deck mentality to try to get that first home win against Utah, 
and they they got Utah without Laurie marking it, and like, okay, that went well. And then and then you bring that sort of renewed spirit into Dallas about Luka Doncic and Tim Hardaway, and then yeah. you get you get Detroit, you know, who everybody beats. So I think the two things have sort of blended together a little bit. Yeah, and then you know, with tonight, I I presume looking. Tonight, tonight's a good test. Tonight's good. Tonight's uh, okay. a really good test. And to me, like that, yeah. you know, you don't want to sit there and go, "Well, the next six games gets defined by tonight." But I feel like tonight will be a better barometer of whether or not, like, I think that they've actually improved with with what they have. No, I think that's right. I, or, or can your improvements hold up to to um, to more pressure? You know, the maybe you got in some of these games, and, and you know, they lost to Phoenix, and they lost, you know. But that was, I thought, a good performance. It, was, yeah, you know, it ended up being a, a seven-point game, second night of a back-to-back with, with Booker and Durant both playing well. And so, to me, that 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 is much of that game was as much a story of better play as the three wins have been, really. When you look at Minnesota, we obviously knew they had the makings. But is this? Do you think that this is like a for real that where they actually contend to have the best record in the league? I thought they were going to be good. I had them above the play-in line. Um, I certainly did not think they would be first in the West. Um, I, I, I think there's been some help in that regard with some of the Jamal Murray injury stuff and uh, whatever. I, I don't. I don't think they're they have the highest upside in the West. Yeah. But I think they have a chance. Do they have a chance to, to have the best record to be the one seed? I, I do because I don't think there's a there's a regular season juggernaut out there. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I've said before, I, I think Mike Conley needs to log a lot of games for them this year because cause that sort of point guard orchestration, I think, is important to that team, and they don't have a point guard behind him, really. And so I think that's something I'd be concerned about. Like, you know, he, I don't know if he's played every game, but he, I think he's certainly played most of the games, and I don't know if that, if, if that percentage of games played is going to continue through 82. But I think that defense, I, I thought that defense was going to be a top 10 to top 5 defense before the season. Um, and that's what it is. And I see no reason that doesn't hold as long as, you know, Rudy Gobert keeps playing. And that, they got they got guys to go to for buckets and and, and Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. And I, thought, I always thought Chris Finch was a good coach going back to, you know, when as long as he's been there. I just think they had a tough time. They had a tough time integrating all the parts last season, especially when when you throw the injury stuff in there. Yeah. But I had a lot of faith in that guy. If it was going to get figured out, I thought I thought he could figure it out. So I do think that team's for real. I will be surprised if they, even if they're the first seed in the West in the regular season, I don't think many people will pick them to get to the finals, and I won't either. And so I wonder about regular season versus postseason for them a little bit. Would you rather bet on them this year to get to the Western Conference Finals or, like, Dallas? Oh, them. But, but I'm more of a Dallas skeptic than most people. Yeah. Like, if you're throwing the Lakers out there, right, another team lower lower, lower down, like, in a playoff series, if LeBron and Anthony Davis are both healthy, like, am I going to take a four-seed Lakers or, a, you know, or one-seed Minnesota? I, I'm probably, like most people, going to take a four-seed Lakers in that kind of scenario. Um, so I, I think Denver – more seriously than anybody in terms of getting out of the West. I take the Lakers more seriously if, if they are healthy in the playoffs. Um, but after that, I don't know. Like, I take Minnesota more seriously than Dallas. I do, even though Luka's there. I take them more seriously than OKC, yeah. who I definitely think is a year early. I take them more seriously than Sacramento. And so to me, the question in the West is some of these like middle teams, more veteran middle teams, 
can they find the best version of themselves? You know, I think the Lakers have a much better chance at that. But is there any chance that the Clippers or the Warriors suddenly find the best version of themselves? Or, you know, maybe a little team in Memphis, you know, called the Grizzlies. Is there a chance that they sneak in and find the best version of themselves? I think that's less likely because Steven Adams will not be coming back. I know this is a dumb thought, but just having watched the play-in, or whatever that's play-in, the, the in-season tournament, I started to wonder, I was like, is LeBron treating this like his title? Like, because their point, level right? of play right now, like, they... They are leaving it all on the floor of this tournament. Is there? I'm probably gonna, not going to get another ring. Yeah, but at least I exactly. Can, I, can add, I can add this to the resume. Exactly. You know, you know how many how many cups MJ, MJ got? Right, right. No, I think there's something to that. I mean, it, it, it's a thing. It's a thing to be one that you feel like you can win, right? And so it's not, not seven. It? It's not seven game series. It's kind of like peak LeBron. Like yeah. part of the whole reason, like why I thought the bubble title was like built for LeBron was it's like those short bursts. And it's it's the, yeah, the length of the playoffs at his age. Like I, I I I can see where like that takes the toll. But if it's just gearing up for this short amount of time, like he can do it. And you saw like, man, he's been really good the last couple of weeks. I, I really think, and I think I said this on the show yesterday or the day before. But I think this is the best case scenario for the NCAA tournament. Once you got once you got to the elimination round, and you, once you had those eight teams or whatever there. I think Lakers Pacers is the best scenario. I thought that was a better scenario than, than Lakers Bucks, right? Because on one on one side you have the most glamorous team with, that will provoke the most casual fan interest, yep. and you have your storyline that you just you just you know you just outlined on the LeBron James side, like a real storyline there. Then on the other side, like the the best thing that could come out of the Sin the tournament in some ways was to elevate a player. On a national stage, and I think Tyrese Hall. This has been the Tyrese Halliburton show, and this has been his story. And to take a great young player on a in a market that doesn't get a lot of attention, and to have them sort of bust through and sort of and sort on this platform, I think has been great for him. It's been great for the league. And so to get like you know the the the, the, the glamour team versus the Cinderella, I think was the best possible outcome. And if you're an Indiana fan. Like, I think there's value. Like, yes, this is not, quote-unquote, playoff basketball, but it's high-intensity do-or-die basketball. And I think with a young team, like, there, there's definite value in that. Yeah, yeah, that's another good thing that, that's come out of this is you get – you almost get sort of a dress rehearsal for playoff for, for playoff basketball in a way that you wouldn't normally get at this stage of the season. So I think it's been a real success. Do you, do you like the idea of the, you know, the – whatever, the semifinals and the finals in Vegas. Like, I took note of, man, they made the, the seating look really dark. And I was sitting there, I was like, yeah, what are they hiding? Uh, are they trying to hide that there's not as, as many people? But overall, like, I I still thought, I thought it was a cool event last night. Uh, yeah, I, I have mixed feelings, maybe, I guess, on the Vegas part of it. Like, I get the rationale um, of bringing things together sort of in one site and so you could have the games back-to-back or whatever. I don't know. I you have an issue there, Chad, with all that kind of stuff in terms of getting fans in the building because you don't yes. have, you know, the home the home fans. And I, and I, I wonder a little bit about, about the NBA and the NBA Vegas stuff. Like I wonder about a Vegas expansion team. Is that, if that's really going to be the kind of success they want it to be. But there's a real commitment. Obviously, the players like being in Vegas. The players definitely like it. I mean, I guess it also allows you to kind of dip your toe in. But do you have a sense, like, how likely do you think expansion is? Because it feels like it's a foregone conclusion, but at the same time, someone's going to have to stroke a 
what is it, a $2 billion check to, to get a, a franchise? Like, at a certain point, like, I just don't know if it's the foregone conclusion that everyone's assuming. Uh, I think it is a foregone conclusion. I think it's a more of a matter of timing. But I, I, I do think there will be expansion at some point soon after the new TV deal is struck. That, that, that's the thing that, that, that's got to come first. It's yeah. going to be the new TV deal. And then that's going to happen. And everyone assumes Seattle and Vegas, and I assume that'll probably be the case too. I just wonder if Vegas is really the the, the best play for them. I think it depends whether or not if if the there's a a plan where there's another group that's going to build another arena, like another two right. billion dollar arena. I think it's kind of on the south end of the strip. I guess the NBA in Vegas makes more sense than baseball in Vegas. That's the one I really wonder about, honestly. Especially when you see, like, it's not even going to be, like, a full dome. It's like they're covering right. the, the stands and whatnot. And, like, you're already seeing, like, they're going to have to go play half the season while they build the stadium elsewhere. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I also just wonder, it's like, I know that Vegas has worked for the, uh, for the Golden Knights. The NHL was very committed to making it work for the Golden Knights. It's worked for the Raiders. But the Raiders is eight home games uh, a year. Like, I just wonder, like, at a certain point, it's like, can the Vegas economy just support all these teams? Like, I, I almost just wonder, it's like, is everyone just sitting there going like, oh, look, it's money, money, money. It's like, I'm, I'm just not convinced that it can, it can support everything. Like, like they're attempting it for it. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. To do. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out. But, you know, I, my skepticism is registered, but, but what do I know? All right, let's go to your mailbag. And I wanted to start, before we get to basketball, thank you for having the courage to admit Paul McCartney simply having a wonderful Christmas time is just one of the worst Christmas songs of all time. Like, every time I hear it, my blood pressure rises, and I just find myself like, you're Paul McCartney. How did you write this steaming pile of crap? The song sucks. I feel like, A, the song is pretty ubiquitous. Maybe that's the reason why, why it's, it's detested. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like we're not out on an island on this one. I feel like a lot of people hate that song, but I'm definitely one of them. And it seems like it's always played in Starbucks yeah. in mid-December. 
Like, that's what I was just wondering. Like, who likes this song? Why, why is this in rotation? Like, can we, can we please, please, please do something with it? All right, let's get to an actual basketball question. It's not necessarily from your mailbag, but it's, it's something that's been, been discussed to a certain degree. The Noel question. And for me, this is, Mark made this point. Where do you think Jalen Noel would be in the rotation if the Grizzlies if the Grizzlies snapped their fingers tomorrow and with the exception of Steven Adams, Brandon Clark, they got everybody back healthy? Where do you think he falls in that pecking order? Oh, I think, you know, he might he might be in the rotation if I can third his man. I mean one of the questions is gonna be like are you real are you starting Marcus Smart at the small forward, which I think has been the idea. Yeah. Uh, if that holds, then you have Luke Kennard as the one sure thing on the perimeter. Um, but are are you basically rotating smart to back up point guard? Or are you trying to play another guard? In which case, you would have sort of a Derrick Rose, Jalen Noel question. Um, and so I think it would sort of be that. But I think given that they, you know, they would have Kennard off the bench, they would have Derrick Rose, they would have Conjar, who's played better the last couple games. Um, you know, I, I think Noel would be sort of on the bubble in terms of a rotation player at full strength, I guess. Does that kind of tip the hand of the decision that the Grizzlies actually have to make? Because I, I do think, like, you don't want to diminish what he has added to the team the last few weeks, but it's almost like it's not just as simple as has he added to the basketball team. There are real financial questions. Like, does that kind of preview probably what the Grizzlies are going to have to do? Which is just you move on. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I, I think the, the only easy cut is Kenneth Walker Jr., and I think he's going to be sacrificed to keep this back Biombo. And so, assuming that that happens, you know, to, to keep Jalen Noel, either you have to cut someone, you have to make a trade. I, I just don't see, however good he's been, I don't think cutting. Cutting like a Jake Laravia or, or uh, who would be, I guess, the most obvious one. Yeah, I think both both eating the money and giving up all the players sort of a double whammy. And I don't think that double whammy is enough. I don't think Jalen Noel is enough to force that kind of double whammy. Now, do I think it's possible that pressure might build to like try to find a way to keep Jalen Noel, and they may sort of look around for a trade to like ease the pain, you know, of creating a roster spot. I think that's possible, but I just think that's harder to find in the time frame in which the decision has to be made, right? And, you know, it's not like you, you, you could string that out for a while. You, you basically have a week, you know, to, to do that. And so I just, I just think the odds are sort of against it. But, again, I'm not, I'm not going to 100% roll it out because he has been good. He's been good in a way that I think has been very helpful to the Grizzlies. I think would continue to be helpful to the Grizzlies if they found a way to keep him. I just don't – the logic of it suggests it's not likely. He's been good, but I've also had this question. Is the sample size big enough to to trust that like I, I can almost see a situation where like, yes, he's been good, but like the sample size might be small enough that you're not exactly making an informed well, decision. I, I would I would say this. I, I think a lot of Grizzly fans, or at least Grizzly fans on social media, which is, you know, distorted version of reality, reach some fast, firm conclusions about Jalen Noel um after probably barely knowing who he was two weeks before. Um, we do. You got to admit, grip. though, we do love a new, like, yeah, mid, yeah, yeah, mid-level yeah. guard. So if you're basing your, if you're basing your, your evaluation of Jalen Noel on 
you know, the eight games or seven games or how many games he's played, six maybe, how many games he's played with the Grizzlies in the last few weeks, yes, you're, you're, you're making a decision on too small of a sample. I am partly basing my evaluation, and I would hope the Grizzlies even more than me, on this is his fifth season in the NBA. Yeah. And, and he has been, I'm moderately, not shocked, but I'm moderately surprised he entered the season without a team. Because I think he was good enough the last three years of Minnesota to be a guy who should have been on an NBA roster. Now, he did not look like some like future starter or significant player. Otherwise, he would have been on a roster. But he looked the part of like a decent backup scoring guard, like a legitimate, like, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth man in, in any NBA rotation, like a reasonable NBA backup scoring guard. So he's a real player. Um, do I think there's much upside from what he has done to this point in his career? I'm not convinced there is, no. But I think he's a legitimate player, and he's a legitimate player with a skill set that the Grizzlies are specifically lacking. But they sort of came into the season with that enough guys who create shots and score with the ball. Um, and I think he, I think his impact has revealed that sort of lack on the roster. Mark had also asked me this question, so I'll pose it to you. When you start to think about the financial crunch that the Grizzlies are starting to get into. Is the contract contract now a mistake? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, it's not. It's not an enormous. Mistake. Right. It's not like we're not talking. This is not drafting Hashim to the beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, it, it was a weird thing because they signed him through this extension like two years before it would even kick in. Like right. the extension we're talking about doesn't even begin until next season, and it's a three-year extension that'll pay him like I don't know about six million a year. I think it's three, I think it's eighteen point five guaranteed over three years, so a little more than six. Um, and if he is not playing for you, that's a bad contract. If he is in your regular rotation, even if it's like the ninth man, fifth man, but if he is an every night in your rotation player, that's actually fine because you got to. I think the, the bet they were making is that contracts are going to go up, and like six million is, is and by the end of that contract, six million still look different than it did two years ago when they signed the deal. I think all that's true. So I think the contract is a neutral contract if he is playing for you. Yeah. But I think it's only a neutral contract, and that's like the best-case scenario with it, right? So if he's not playing for you, then it's like, what's the point? And so I, I, think, I think it's fair to call that a mistake um, just because the downside is probably a little bit greater than the upside. But I think the band is narrow, honestly, on both ends of it. And in general, is that kind of the issue that we're seeing with the Grizzlies where – Next year, in your mind, how many contracts could the Grizzlies have where guys are really not regularly playing? Well, this has been a criticism I've had for a couple of years, and I, and I think it's less of a problem this year than last year. Yeah. But in some ways, the, you're still like digging out of the problems from last year. And again, the Grizzlies, Zach Collins himself has basically acknowledged this. I, so sometimes we talk about it so much, I feel like it's piling on, but it's all it's still true. I, I think they they underestimated the the. the um, the scarcity of roster spots and overestimated the, um, the odds of like, you know, finding hits with project players or players who are unproven. And so I think they loaded up too many roster spots on, you know, dice rolls or like, or like, you know, developmental kind of guys. And it's true that when you hit on one of these developmental guys, which they've done plenty of times, by the way, when you hit, the hit is greater than when you miss. Um, and so in some ways, like one hit is worth four misses. But the problem is that you only got so many roster spots. Um, and so I, I do think they loaded up too many roster spots on similar kind of players 
who were not sure things. And I think that has come back to bite him a little bit. Well, I think there's also an issue of, to me, there's some there's examples of hits. Like if you're just grading whether or not it's a hit versus whether or not it actually makes your team better, like those are different things. Like yeah. finding Kenny Lofton as a free or you know signing him as a free agent and him playing NBA basketball, like that's an unqualified hit. But at the same time, like that doesn't really change anything. Like I I feel like they've had you know finding Vince Williams like. That's a hit, but at the same time, it's it's not necessarily improving your standards. So, like to me, like that's is that something else to weigh? Well, I, I think Vince Williams actually has the last two or three games, and so we'll we'll see if that continues. I think Williams has a chance to be, to your point, not just a that was good value where you picked him, but someone who like like is meaningful to your to your basketball team. I do think that's that that's a reasonable distinction to make. Um, I think this Williams will we'll see on that one. I think I think that he could be transforming uh, in terms of where you would which one pile you would put him in. But no, I think that's a reasonable reasonable thing to take. That's sort of my point. Like, you know, you, you could have in, in a vacuum a guy picked in the second round who becomes a back end rotation player is, is is good value for where yeah. you picked him. But if you have seven of those guys on a fifteen man roster, like you know, it's you know. That's too many singles when you need some doubles and triples, like to mix metaphors, right? Yes. And so I, I think the roster, the roster spot scarcity um, has been an issue because they've loaded up on so many similar kind of bets, and and once you load up so much, the low level bets sort of there's a limit to how much they're going to help you. All right, I will. I'll close with my own mailbag question for you. I'm sorry for putting you on the spot, but we can talk our way through it. When John Morant returns. How many backcourts in the NBA are going to be better than John Morant, Desmond Bain right now? Um, so we did yeah, this with Eric. We did this. We did this with Eric yesterday. So yeah, I, 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 I sort of, ha- I sort of have to do this off the top of my head, right? Like it's not Steph and Clay anymore. Um, it, it's we said it's, you could make an argument for you could clearly make an argument for Kyrie and Luca. I don't. I mean, to me, that's a Luca argument. I, I just. Kyrie's put up good numbers, but I think you saw the way he, he was the way he dogged it in that game against the Grizzlies with Luca out. I just don't I don't trust him, so I'm taking Jaw. As good as Luke is, I'm taking Jaw Bain over that. All right, um, health, healthy, that, healthy Beal, healthy Beal and Booker. Yeah, I mean, again, he gets, gets he, Booker is just so great, um, but I don't. Do you trust Beal at this point? And so I, 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 I got a secret. No. I've, I've never trusted Beal. I, yeah, I, and I've, so I, I think no on that. I mean, we're talking it, about, like, there's yeah, not many, yeah, right? Garland and, Mitchell, Garland and Mitchell, very good in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, um, so that, 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 to me, is a closer call. Um, and then I, after that, I don't know. I think it's definitely better than Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. I'm yeah. the people I'm forgetting about. I mean, there are other great individual guards. You know, right. St. Louis Alexander is great, but who are you who are you making the number two there? Lou Dort or Josh Giddy? Depends on how you define positions. Um, well, you know, Giddy, Damian Lillard. Giddy can't, Giddy can't shoot like this. Right, right. And so, I, you know, I think there's a real – if Jod gets back to what he was before the troubles, then, yeah, I think there's a real best backcourt in the NBA case to be made. They have to go out and make it, but yeah, I, I greatly exactly. look forward to them going out to make that case. Chris, we really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thanks. That is Chris Harrington of the Daily Memphian. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.